morning and welcome. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're just glad that you're here. Um, at LifeSpring, there's always room for one, two, a thousand more. Well, if we had 20 services, I guess. Um, and so uh, just glad that you're here. Um, also, I just want to let you know, if the Lord maybe has uh, been doing something in your heart, maybe something new, um, maybe you've kind of this, this year, this new year is, is a kind of a, re- a renewed faith for you, or maybe it's a first-time faith for you. Um, I want to encourage you. Uh, we're having a baptism service in the month of March, and uh, my team just now found, about, found out about it, as I said that. Um, but we're going to have that in March because uh, I know there's at least a couple of people who are wanting to get baptized. And we have baptisms here whenever somebody wants to be baptized. And so if you're interested in that, I would encourage you to mark the card and just mark baptism. Also, if you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, uh, you can mark that and, and, and let us know what's on your heart. Also, there's, a, there's a, what we call a starter kit. It's in the welcome table. It has a, a New Living Bible. It's a really cool modern version, easy to read, and some basic information, answer some questions that you might have. And I would just, that's my, our gift to you. I'd love it if you just pick that up and uh, take that home with you. You can ask uh, Pastor Randy or Kathy or whoever's at the welcome table on the way out. All right? So good. Uh, we are going to receive, well, I'll have our kids go to class if you guys want to head out. And uh, we're going to receive our offering this morning. As the ushers come forward, just as uh, a reminder, there's a couple of ways that you can give to LifeSpring if you would uh, want to participate in that. Uh, by faith, we, we, we give a 10%. Uh, and uh, we, there's two ways to do it. You can do it on the website by going online. And you can use a debit card or something like that if you want to participate that way. And then also um, just by the offering that is passed here on Sunday. And I'm always just overwhelmed at the, amount, the incredible generosity of this church and how there is always more than enough. And so it's just neat to see what the Lord is continuing to do. Lord, would you um, just bless these gifts this morning? And uh, Lord, would you just continue to lead our service? We, we welcome you. And Lord, I pray that you would just release uh, ministry, lives. Lord, I think of those that were just even this week uh, came to a first-time relationship with you and just blessed my heart. And I, I love just seeing that. And I, Lord, would you just bring more and more and more of that? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. kind of plant are you? Not what kind of a vegetable, <laughs> but what kind of fruit-bearing plant, uh, fruit plant are you? 
This morning we come to John 15, and we're doing a little mini-series. I hope uh, maybe if uh, you're kind of coming back to church today or whatever, I hope you check in for the next couple of weeks at least as we go through this little mini-series on uh, the vine and the branches. I believe that there's going to be some some very important things that the Lord's going to be doing in our lives in the next couple of weeks. Um, You know, Jesus uh, spent the... The last critical hours before his crucifixion. Oh, by the way, as I, before I continue, they have uh, sermon notes. If you missed those and you would like to get a copy of the sermon notes, just raise your hand if you missed those, and the ushers can pass those out. But Jesus spent the last critical hours before his crucifixion literally preparing his disciples for life after his departure. And... Specifically, he was preparing them for some shocking changes in his relationship with them or their relationship with him. And that after the cross, Jesus won't just be with them, but as we saw last week in chapter 14, that he will be in them by the Holy Spirit. Be in them. Now, imagine for just a minute, uh, your pastor someone like me or a small group leader or maybe a really close spiritual friend of yours that, that you love very much said something to you like, hey, you know what, um, I'm, I'm going to be going away for a while, but don't worry, don't worry. You know what, while I'm gone, I'm going to be in you and, uh, oh, and you're going to be in me. And you would want a little explanation, wouldn't you? And you see, the disciples, when they heard that, I am convinced that they needed some explanation. They had a question on their mind. What in the world does that mean? And that's what Jesus begins to do in the first verses of chapter 15. He compares his relationship with his disciples to that of a grapevine to its branches. Now, just a little context. It's Passover. They have now left the upper room. They've had their last supper together. And it's, it's Passover, and so there is a, a bright full moon. It's easy to walk. Don't even need a torch. And Jesus leads them from the upper room through Jerusalem toward the Mount of Olives, where they'll end up at Gethsemane. And as they're walking through Jerusalem, Jesus happens along and sees a common sight that they've all seen, probably walked by a million times. sees a vineyard. And takes this as a teaching moment. And, and it's like he's, he told them about the changes that was happening in their relationship. And with these questions on their mind, I think this is probably what happened. Jesus stops and he, he, he takes the vine. And I would imagine he held it up or looked at it or pointed to it. And he said, you see this? I'm in my father and you are in me and I am in you. You see this vineyard? I'm going to illustrate to you what I'm talking about. And so we begin in verse 1 of chapter 15. Let's read this together and let's, uh, let's read it out loud. It should be on your screen. It is. And uh, ready? Go. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. Lord, would you come this morning and open your word to us? Lord, would you uh, encourage our hearts this morning? We, we need your voice. We need your, your wisdom this morning. And uh, Lord, I just thank you that uh, your word uh, is just, it, it, it never disappoints. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I wonder, have you ever... You ever? I remember doing this as a kid. Maybe you did this in the soup, in the in the mall. Um, you ever tried going up the down escalator? Isn't that fun? I mean, I was like, how fast can I go? How fast do I have to go to try to make it to the top? And you know, it's 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 kind of fun. I don't I don't try it now because I don't know what will people think. Um, but you know, if you get on that up escalator. And maybe you take two or three steps and then you do nothing. What happens? You go right back down, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, think, I think sometimes life is a down escalator. Because think about it. If you don't exercise, <laughs> you do nothing, your health goes down, right? Your health goes down. If you don't maintain your house, your house gets run down. If you don't practice your sport, your skill goes down. If you don't practice your Spanish, your language goes down. See, <laughs> over here. And then think about your character. Think about your character. Have you noticed that when you do nothing to maintain the quality of your character, it just gets better, doesn't it? Yeah? Isn't that what happens? When you're eating Cheetos and watching TV all the time and with a recliner and doing nothing? You're, you're, it's a great character-building experience, isn't it? No, it goes down. Your character goes down when you do nothing. And your faith. And you do nothing to preserve, when you ignore the basic spiritual disciplines that we all know about, your, your faith wears down, doesn't it? You just kind of, ah. And you know what? When Jesus is talking about spiritual fruit, we know that spiritual fruit doesn't grow by accident either. It doesn't grow by accident, but... Here's the thing, trying harder and walking faster up the up, uh, up the down escalator ain't going to do anything either. Because see, when it comes to spiritual growth, I think many of us have felt like that. Have you? I mean, you feel like you're walking up the down escalator. No matter what you do and how hard you do it, it just seems like life is always pushing us back. And this morning, I want to invite you to stop. If you're on that escalator, we're going to do this this morning. I want to invite you... Maybe you've taken 10 steps up there, or maybe you're all, maybe all the way to the top. I just want you to stop and let the escalator take you to the bottom. All right? 
I want you to come and take a couple steps to the right. Just for a moment. You're at the super mall or they don't have escalators at the super mall. You're at Nordstrom's downtown. Or I don't know. And you, and you look up and there's the up escalator. And today we're going to take the up escalator. And we're going to look at how do we grow spiritual fruit. It requires some effort, but it's not that hard. And we don't get it the same way we do trying to work out. How do we grow spiritual fruit? Jesus tells us this, that fruitfulness is the natural result of a healthy connection between the vine and the branch. And so the principle we're looking at this morning on your notes is simply this, that in Christ, fruitfulness isn't just possible, it's inevitable. Can we say that together? In Christ, fruitfulness isn't just possible, it's inevitable. And we're going to ask a couple of questions. One is, this fruit, what kind is it? What what, what does he mean by fruit? Why is this fruit uh, growing? Why is it? How, How does that come about? Where does it come from? And then... And then specifically, what happens to make the fruit grow? How does it grow? There's a fourth point on your notes, and I made an executive decision. We're not going to do that this morning. And if you're one of those that's going to drive you nuts, you can come up to me afterwards. I can tell you what the fill-in is. I know some of you, it's just going to drive you absolutely nuts. So, But that's okay. Come up and ask me. I'll tell you. But first of all, we're going to ask the first question. That is, what is, what is this fruit? What is it all about? What's he talking about? Well, two things I'm convinced that this fruit is. Number one, it's the character of Christ, and it's the works of Christ. The character and the works of Christ. You see, the character of Christ, we know, is the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus has just told them about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is going to come and be in them. And in Galatians 5.22, we, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Just kind of going through puberty here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <clears throat> there we go. These are, the, these are the fruit of the Spirit. These are the fruit of the Spirit. You can't get these in a self-help book. right? You can't get these in a small group. You can't get these by worshiping harder, studying harder, singing louder. You can only receive this from one place, and that's from God himself, because you can't get the character of God except from God. And we need to remember this because we often do forget, don't we? We try to self-improve without God. And some of us, we've tried this long enough, and you realize, you know, you're stuck. And if you're in that stuck place, Maybe bitter, stuck in bitterness, anxious, stuck there, stuck with impatience, unkind, maybe just kind of filthy language, filthy heart, just icky thoughts, maybe unfaithful to God, and maybe a little harsh, and maybe there's just this overwhelming lack of self-control. Why do we get stuck in those places? I think very often it's because... We're trying to get from another source what we can only get from God himself. And there's an important distinction I want to make. Because there are gifts of the Spirit and there are fruits of the Spirit. 
And I just want to make this distinction. First of all, gifts of the Spirit. A gift is something that is given, right? We, we receive a gift. It's given to us. There's, there's a transaction that's taking place. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is a little different. You see, fruit develops. There's a, there's a time, there's a process involved. And, and that's what we're talking about when we talk about the fruit that God wants to develop in our life. And I think the traditional approach in a lot of churches has been this, that Christian character, to build Christian character, we simply need to make a list of the things that we are supposed to do and the things that we're not supposed to do and do the good things and avoid the bad ones. And I would just quote Dr. Phil and say, if that's you, how's that working for you? And I call this the theology of walking up the down escalator. That's what it is. Because it's always going to feel that way. There's a a pastor who was trying to make that illustration. He was trying to talk about, you know, all the do's and the don'ts. And he had this uh, illustration that he wanted to get across to his congregation. So at the beginning of his message, he put out four separate jars, glass jars, and in each one he put an earthworm. And he filled each jar with something specific. One jar, he put a worm in, and there was a whole bunch, it was filled with alcohol. And the next, he had a glass jar, and it was filled with cigarette smoke. And then the next jar, the third jar, was filled with with, with chocolate. And then the fourth jar was filled with potting soil. And so he preaches, and he goes on to this whole sermon, right? And about the character of God and, you know, all the things that you need to do and and so forth and how to have life and and all that. And at the end, he comes back to these jars. And he says, everybody, I want you to notice something about these jars. Look, the one with the alcohol. You know what the worm is doing? He's dead. He says, you know what the, the one with the cigarette smoke, you know what he's doing? He's dead. You know the one with the chocolate? He's dead. All the worms are dead. There's a worm lover over here. Oh, the chocolate. Apparently, chocolate is dangerous to worms. And then he looks at the one with the potting soil and he says, you know what the worm is? The worm's alive. And so he asked the congregation, he says, you know, what did we learn from this illustration? Church was quiet, silent. Maxine in the back raises her hand. Pastor, I guess it means that as long as we don't drink, smoke, or eat chocolate, we won't have any worms. Right? Well, Maxine kind of missed the point, which is actually good because it was a lousy point anyway. (laughs) The, The point was basically flawed. Because developing Christian character, the character of Christ, isn't about avoiding things and doing things. It's about maintaining a healthy, intimate connection with the vine. And he has a name. His name is what? Jesus. And so the number one thing here is that uh, the the fruit is the character of Christ. There's another aspect of the fruit, and it's this. It's the works of Christ. We saw this in John 14 and verse 2. Jesus said, He who believes in me... The works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. You see, he's saying that these are the kinds of things that he wants to do through us, things that you could never do in life without him. 
And you can only do them when the life of the vine is flowing freely to the branch, which is you, by the way. It's things like this. It's forgiving someone. I mean, really forgiving someone. Going and being released of that bitterness. It's, it's performing miracles. Yeah. I, people in this room, I have performed miracles. I, I've seen God do things through prayer that just blows my mind. It's being a peacemaker, bringing peace into a hopeless situation where the, the parties are just wanting to kill each other. It's, it's encouraging another person's faith. It's making wise, godly decisions. It's taking steps of faith. Things that you wouldn't do except that God was giving you the faith to do it. It's, it's even leading another person to faith in Jesus Christ. You can't really do that without the Holy Spirit giving you the power to do that. And I want to just stop here for just a second. Because I want to ask a question. Because the answer to this question is really important. And, and the question is this. Do you want that kind of fruitfulness? Do you want the kind of fruitfulness that means the character of God and the works of God are coming out and developing in you? Do you want that? Do you want to stay bitter or do you want to get better? Do you want to be paralyzed with worry or be filled with peace? Do you want to be able to do the works of Jesus? Do you want to be able to do the things that you could never achieve by hard work, good looks and talent? Do you only do it with God? Do you want to perform miracles through him? As the, do you want that? Because see, if you don't, that's okay. This message isn't for you. I would encourage you to just turn the channel, pull out your smartphone, start playing a game. That's cool. That's fine. Just silent for a minute because someone else might want to listen to the rest. But if you want some of that, the rest of this message is for you. And I want to challenge you with something. I just want to challenge you with this. I think one of the reasons that we might not be experiencing spiritual growth is very simply that we have lowered expectations. I think we have our expectations are too low. There's a tendency in us to settle. To settle for an emotional experience on Sunday and and to think that's fruit. To go to a life group. It's, these are good things, but it's not fruit. To settle for, uh, you, you know, to, to sort of have a, a false peace because of maybe something that happened and, oh, that feels good, and, 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 and rely on that and forfeit the real peace of God that passes all comprehension. It's to settle for our natural talents. Hey, I'm good at that. And to settle on that and not pursue the spiritual gifts of God. I tell you what, you put those two things together, a church that puts those two things together, groups of people like us that put those two things together, there is nothing we can't do. Because I can do, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, who makes us fruitful. It's amazing. And so if you're not willing to settle, and if you're raising your ambitions a little bit higher this morning, then, I, then the next question is for you. Where does it come from, this fruit? Or asked another way, why does it even grow? What's the spiritual biology here? Well, here's what, here's what it is. 
You see, fruit, it's the inevitable result of an intimate connection to Christ. Jesus said in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. He says he will bear much fruit. Will. It's not might, might do that and might bear fruit. It's if you connect to the vine, if there is an intimate connection, this is going to happen. This is the why you were created, in fact. You're, you're, you're coming and you're just rediscovering the original natural, which we call supernatural. And there's some order to things. He says, I am something. And he says, you are something. He says, I am the vine. In other words, I'm the one that draws life from the ground. When he says, I am the vine, you know what he has in mind there? In, in, in a grape, in a vineyard, the vine is the stump that comes out of the ground that only comes up about yay high and then maybe goes out about this far. That's it. Everything else is literally grafted in to the stump. So when he says, I am the vine, he's literally saying, I'm the stump, I'm the stem, I'm the source. But everything comes through the ground, processes all the nourishment that the vine is going to need, or the branches are going to need to bear fruit. And he says, I'm the one who turns ugly, smelly dirt into beautiful, tasty fruit. He says, you are the branches. And it's something we need to remember is that the branch doesn't give life to the vine. Uh Uh-uh, it's the other way around. The vine gives life to the branch. You see, the, the branch is just a conduit. The branch carries the life of the vine. And that's, by the way, way cool. You, because of the Holy Spirit in you, carry the life of Christ in you. Could someone say amen? I mean, that just blows my mind. Because I know how dirty, rotten this heart of mine is. And, and I'm amazed that because, like we said in that song this morning, that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he's made this possible. This isn't just a fairy tale. This isn't a theological possibility. This is a spiritual reality for everyone who connects to the vine. We see that principle in, uh, in, uh, in, in 2 Peter verse 1, or chapter 1 and verse 3, actually. It says that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And, and then he continues, he says, we participate in the divine nature. Uh, one commentator, I think it was Tim Keller, who said it like this. He said, it's like your heart has been uprooted and replanted in new soil. And when the life of the vine penetrates the branch, it transforms the branch into a fruit-bearing wonder. This is what he's talking about. Now, I think it's very possible that some of us might be a little frustrated this morning with maybe the, the lack of spiritual fruit. Maybe you've, you've just not seen a whole lot in your life, at least that you can see. And some of us get to that place of frustration and say, you know what, I give up. And there's the conclusion that says, ah, I'm never going to change. 
And so you, maybe you come to church every week, maybe you go to a life group, but there's just some character flaws that you just think, I'm never going to get over them. I'm just going to have to sort of live with them. I'm going up the down escalator. And that's what I'm stuck with. Don't give up. I want to tell you, the first day at the gym, I remember not long ago, um, I walked in and I hired a trainer and I was going to work out with him. And um, I was a little intimidated because I intimidated because I, I go over and, and I'm, I'm going over where the weights are. And you got to understand about something about me. I, I haven't lifted weights in probably 20 years. All right. Um, and so I'm, I'm walking over and there's these muscle bound mouth breathing guys. You know, they can't even put their arms down because they're, you know, it's the gun show, you know, and and I'm walking over there, you know, with my really big sweatshirt to not to avoid the flab and all that. <laughs> and, and I'm just a little intimidated. In fact, one time the, the trainer, he goes, um, look, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do those exercises better if you look in the mirror. I'm like, I don't want to look in the mirror. I mean, if I looked like that guy, I'd look in the mirror all day long. But I don't want to look at and see this, you know, this blob. And he goes, no, you need to look in the mirror. And there was a part of me that said, I'm looking around, and I was like, I can't, I can't look like that guy. I'm going to give up. I'm not going to do that. Hear me, please. If spiritual growth isn't the product of an exercise program with Jesus, if spiritual growth is the product, though, of a relationship program with Jesus, then you can't give up. You see, because there isn't enough exercises that you can do that are going to help you build your spiritual muscles. And you know what the other thing is? is We can't give up on other people either. Because you know what? As long as you connect, as long as they connect to the vine, transformation happens. It just happens. It's inevitable. They just need to connect. And you know what? There's another word for that. It's called being born again. It's when the life of God comes in a life and transforms it, transforms you. It's the most incredible experience, and it's not just a one-time experience. It is a daily reality for everyone who is daily connecting to the branch and saying, I'm holding on. I'm holding on for dear life. And so this comes to the, the issue of how then do we, we grow fruit. What, what are some issues here? There's two things that come to mind. One is something that God does, and the other is something that we do. And it says here that what God does is this, is that he prunes the branch. He prunes the branch. We're going to talk about that a little bit more specifically next week. Um, so you have to come back. That's a cliffhanger. So um, number two is this, and that's what we do. What we do, and it's this, we depend on God. We depend on God. You see, that's what the word abide means. Some of your versions, I think the New American Standards uses the word abide. Uh, some use the word remain. I think that's what we read this morning in the NIV. And so to remain or abide in me is to maintain a dependent connection to the vine. And, and, and there's, there's, this is how we can make that connection. He gives us two ways. Look at verse 7. He says, if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given. Oh, that is such a packed statement. And I just want to focus on one phrase. He says, if my words remain in you. Here's how we depend on God. The first thing. I need to remain in his word. I need to remain in his word. You see, it's not enough to just read scripture for inspiration or education. You see, if you want fruitfulness, you need to let the word of God dwell in you, abide in you. It's like a steak marinating in a, in a, in a savory sauce. And the longer it, it stays there, pretty soon the flavor of that sauce starts permeating the cellular structure. And it takes on the flavor of that which it is soaking in. And, and that's the, 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 the call of the Lord. It says, stay in my word. Colossians 3.16 says it this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The psalmist in, in uh, Psalm 119 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, I want to submit, if you're frustrated by a lack of fruit in your life, maybe it's possible that you need to ask this question. Do I crave God's word? Do I crave God's word? Is it sweet to me like honey? Or is it... A spoonful of medicine. I mean, there is a medicinal property to God's word. I don't want you to misunderstand that. But if that's the way you think of it as, it just tastes bad. This is going to be a negative experience. I think the Lord wants to do something to help you fall in love with him as you fall in love with his word. Now, some of you are thinking, Pastor Chad, you're a, you're a broken record. You talk about this every Sunday. Yes, I do. Because every Sunday I have people come to me and say, you know what, I'm stuck. And I will say, how are you doing in your relationship with the Word? Are, are you? I, I see you here, but are you really feeding for yourself? Well, I go online and I listen to sermons from other people. And I, some, I download yours, Pastor Chad, and, and they're so amazing. And, and, and I was like, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. And it's like, but you know what is so amazing? Do you know what sermons are? Sermons are my regurgitated meal. I've already digested this. And I'm sharing what I have learned to you. When you read God's Word and you get a nugget of truth and it's just for you that day, And you think, how did God know that about me today? Has he been reading my mail? Uh-huh. Yeah, he has. And see, there is a little bit of a, disi there's a discipline there. But we don't do it because it's a do thing. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But see, when it comes to the Word of God, I, 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 I'm not exactly sure why some devour it and some don't. I think some people just kind of come and sniff and nibble around the edges. Maybe if that's you, consider this. What did your mom say when you wanted to eat junk food before dinner? She would say, no, no junk food because it's going to ruin your dinner. It's going to ruin your appetite, right? Every one of us probably heard our mom say that. And I believe that the number one cause of spiritual malnutrition is the consumption of spiritual junk food. You see, 
You won't buy a life journal and follow a healthy yearly reading plan, but you'll buy a self-help book at the Christian bookstore. It's like you won't eat, you'll, you won't eat a steak, but you'll take a Twinkie. And if I'm going to have a healthy connection with the vine, I need to remain in His Word. I need to remain in His Word. Number two, I need to remain in His love. I need to remain in His love. They, these two things go hand in hand, by the way. Verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. What does he mean? This isn't a call to be nice to other people. This isn't about loving others. It's important we do that. We know that. This is a call to love him. He's calling us to depend on his love like a plant depends on sunlight. To depend on his love like water to a thirsty soul. And for people who want to develop spiritual fruit, God's word and God's love are like food and water to that thirsty, hungry soul. We're talking, this is spiritual fertilizer to the branch. It is. And so the question for us this morning is this, does God's love for you fill you? Does it fill you with a sense of wonder and joy about God? Are you in awe of the Lord's love for you? Are you in that place sometimes? I know we're busy. I know we have things to do. But during the day, are there moments during the week or is it only here on Sunday where you can come and you bask in the glory of God? He's calling us to that kind of a relationship. I, uh, one of my favorite restaurants is Jimmy Max. You know what I love about Jimmy Max? What is it? The rolls. You got it. Someone's been to Jimmy Max. That's right. You walk in the door. The hostess wants to seat you. And as she's seating you, she literally goes over to the warmer on the way over. And she picks up a basket of rolls, which are these sweet rolls. They're yeast rolls like my grandma used to make. I mean, it's just like, oh, heaven. And not only that, not only are they sweet enough, but they, they give a whole thing of honey butter. Right? One time I'm sitting down to lunch. I was there by myself because I had some work to do. I'm having lunch. And the rolls go down, and uh, finally the waiter comes back to take my order. And it had taken a little bit of time, and I wasn't in any hurry. And he looks at me, and, and he's like, because somebody else had come by before, he, before he'd, he'd uh, taken the order. And, he, and he's ready to take my order, and he looks at the table, and he goes, do you, do you, do you want a third tray of rolls? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And there's like these two baskets sitting there, and I don't even remember eating them. I mean, I'm just like looking at my computer and I'm just like just chomping this stuff down. And they just went down like that. <laughs> and I went out like this. <laughs> I think to abide in God's love is like that. You just can't get enough. When you spend time with him in prayer and worship, you lose track of time. And when you read his word, you get disappointed. Do I have to close it now and go to work? Oh, doggone it. Am I being silly? I am not being silly. You know what my favorite job about being, one of my favorite things about being a pastor? Honestly, you guys pay me to read the word of God. I would do it for free. Hopefully the church council isn't here. I love that. And maybe you're saying to yourself right now, you know what? I don't know what that feels like. 
Or I used to know what that felt like. And you know what? I, I too, I've heard messages like this from guys like me. And I've sat where you sit this morning. And I remember thinking to myself, man, is that what it means? And I wonder, am I really a disciple? Because some of that isn't true about me. And it's true, to, and it's normal, though, to have doubts, isn't it? I mean, we do. We have those moments, and we wonder, man, I, I don't know. But I want to offer a better question to ask. It's the one Jesus has invited us to ask in verse 7. He says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Ask for what? He said, he said, ask for fruit. That's what this whole passage is about. He said, ask for fruit. You know, when you fall hopelessly in love with somebody, you, 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 you want to do stuff together, right? And when, when he or she wants something, I remember, especially when we were dating and now even when we're married, it's like, I'm in love. And that person might say something that I might not ordinarily do, but I might say something like, you know what, honey, your wish is my command. Because it's a relationship. It's a love relationship. And the Lord Jesus is calling you and me to just stay in love with Him. Stay in love. And he says, your wish is my command. When, when we are walking and connecting to the vine, he says, ask, ask, ask for fruit. Invite him. Dear God, transform my character. Embolden my faith that I can take steps. I don't want to be stuck here anymore. I want to go forward with you. Is that you? I bet it is. But hear me, please. Some of us need to hear what I'm about to say. And it's just this. There's at least one or more persons here this morning that needs to hear this. I believe God is telling some of us this morning to stop looking and comparing your fruit to someone else's fruit. Because you know what happens when we do that? I know, I've done this. When we compare our fruit to someone else's fruit, two, one of two things happens. We get depressed because it looks like theirs is bigger and they got more of it than we do. Tastier, yummier, cooler. Or we compare and we go, I, I got more than you, and we get proud. So depressed or proud, that's where that goes. And I got to tell you, that just stinks. That just does. It just is a recipe for the enemy to come in and say, you're not a disciple. And that is not the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord is come back, fall in love with me again. Connect to the vine. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Some of us this morning, you, you got to understand, we have different seasons. And for some of us, it could be winter. It's been a long time since you've seen the fruit. But you know, some really amazing things happen in winter. The plant, the tree, the vine, whatever, is the, the, the branches are, are resting. They're also recharging. 
And as long as there is a connection to the vine, there is life. There is something happening. And then spring comes. And you begin to get encouraged because you see those blossoms. And those blossoms aren't fruit yet, but they're the hope of fruit. And some of us are beginning to blossom. And, and you're beginning to say, hey, I, I see something on the horizon. And that's a hope. And it's the, God's way of saying, come on. Imagine what those buds are going to look like when, when it becomes a full set of fruit. And then and as summer comes and the fruit begins to form in our lives and we begin to see what God is, is doing through us. And guess what? My fruit looks different than your fruit and, and your fruit looks different than her fruit and his fruit. And for some of us, there's more of this and less of that and more of whatever. And, and the, each one has a different flavor. And you, you can walk through a life and, and, and go to a room with fruitful people and it's almost like there's this aroma of life. You know what? You ever been in an orchard or a vineyard at, at harvest time and it just smells so sweet. And I believe that life spring is in this place. I believe that we are in that place of fruitfulness, of fruit developing. And then there's the fun time. There's harvest. Where we get to enjoy and God puts into to practice and, and starts picking some of that fruit and handing it out to other people. And you're doing miracles and you're praying for people and you're loving people and you're forgiving people and you're encouraging people and they're tasting your fruit and they're going, wow, you're amazing. And you go, no, he's amazing. I'm just connected to him. That's where that came from. <laughs> and you know what happens right after that? Pick the fruit. He's going to prune you. That's next week. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you have given us this vitality of life just because we've connected to you. Wow. Lord, I pray for your encouragement for those of us who've been stuck. Lord, I just feel your arms reaching out to us and calling us forward. Because you're the God of second chances. You're the God of restarts and reconnections. So I would just invite you this. You might just, if you want to, strengthen that connection with the Lord just in your mind's eye or just literally actually with our seat would you just see yourself right now and maybe even your seat just lifting your arm and reaching up and grabbing the vine let's just reach up and grab it Lord we need to fall in love with you again thank you thank you Jesus